What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. I didn't mute it at the beginning this time, so we've been sitting here for like 30 seconds in complete silence. You could probably hear us breathing, but I'm not going to let that mute screw me up again. It's getting so frustrating. Every time me and Cameron look at each other, like it muted us again. Yeah, and we just stay, sit here and stare at each other. Let's see if you can carry the intro from here. <laughs> no. Well, this is episode 34 of Eastern Current, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. We got 10 people listening so far. We let people keep hopping on. Uh, we're really excited about this episode. We got some cool stuff going on. Remember, we're going to do a giveaway at the end of this episode. And the way that you can win these awesome hand tied jigs and lures from Bugs Fishing is by sharing this, uh, this Facebook Live on your Facebook page right now. So go share it. And we're going to pick from everyone that has shared this broadcast at the end. And we're going to, um, Heath is going to ship out some of these awesome lures that he's tied to your door for you to go fish and catch fish on, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for tuning in episode 34. Um, I wanted to announce, I think I announced at the end of last episode that I've started, we have a Facebook page, but I started a Facebook group. Um, and so you can go join this group. I just want this to be an awesome community for all of our listeners and all of our viewers to come together and be able to talk fishing, be able to share fishing reports, be able to talk about what's going on in the water, um, conservation issues, and uh, for guides to be able to share, you know, their days on the water and kind of just be a big circle, a big community. Yeah. No, are you, are you on? Uh, are you on Facebook? <laughs> just recently, I got, <laughs> got back one? on it just, it just because of nice, the show. Nice, I know I've been pressuring you. <laughs> it's a great way to uh, to reconnect with old flings from high school too. I've heard. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I actually kidding. opened up my messages on my Facebook. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I hadn't had one for probably seven years. Seven yeah. years. And like my last conversations were like. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to look at this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I got one again as I've realized it was, there's so many guides that book so many trips just off of Facebook. Like there's all these fishing groups and you join these yeah. local fishing groups and you uh-huh. can post in there and uh, it's a very productive way as a fishing guide to book some trips. I probably should, I'm probably going to get yeah, my tire slashed. Or that, a lot of guides have what? A website, a Facebook page, an Instagram, Instagram yep. Twitter big at all. Some guys have Twitter. I don't have anything great to say, so I don't think my Twitter would be. I would try to be funny on it, and I feel like it would just be terrible. So. Yeah, I, I, I've never quite understood Twitter, to be honest. But that Facebook group is Eastern Current Fishing. So go on to Facebook when we're done with this um, and look up Eastern Current Fishing and join that group. So that's a group on our page. You know, it's just for the, the admins to post on, but the Facebook or Eastern Current Fishing group, everyone can chat, uh, participate. Keep it uh, PG thirteen, and we will uh, we won't kick you off. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we're excited about this episode. What what else? Say, let's go over our sponsors real quick for sure. Here we go. Come on up. All right, we got Marshware and Afco, two great clothing companies. Marshware's, um, you know, some awesome. If you want to look really cool, you yeah. want to wear Marshware like look, on the streets. Gotta look good. For you're the wearing fish. your Marshware. You gotta, if yeah. you look good, you'll catch more fish. One hundred percent. It's it's uh, guaranteed. AFCO is like if you are like the Michael Jordan of fishing, you wear AFCO. It's like yeah. the best gear. It's like right. Nike, you know, yeah. oh, for yeah, fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Eastern Angling, that's my guide business. And I also fishing. guaranteed to catch fish <laughs> <laughs> or your money back. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then I Strike Fishing, incredible uh, company that we partner with. They've got some awesome jig heads and uh, some other. The Jailbait, man. I'm getting excited to use the, Dude, the Jailbait. I have. Um, Pretty much solely been using Ice Strike fishing uh, jig heads for the past year now. Until tonight, you're going to start using Bugs Fishing. 
Oh, I know. You start using his hand tied, you're not even going to have to fish soft plastics anymore. <sighs> that would save me some money. <laughs> yeah, it would. Wouldn't, it would have, a mil- wouldn't have a melting in my box. I've anymore. got about 75,000 packs of soft plastics <laughs> in my garage. So. They're all going to go out the window. Exactly. Well, guys, we're going to bring on Heath here. Um, again, Let me. I'm going to share this one more time. Uh, share this broadcast on your Facebook page now, and you will have a chance to win. Uh, the giveaway that Heath's tied some of these jigs up, some of these lures, and he's going to ship them right to your door for you to go fish, catch redfish, trout, and flounder on. But without any more of us rambling, here is Heath Hipple. What's going on, man? Not much. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the lag sometimes on this program. So if I interrupt you, I'm not trying to be rude. But it's, it's just, just Skype. Oh, it's just Skype running <laughs> through this program. No worries. Well, cool. Why don't we start? Tell us uh, your story of how you got into into fishing and um, your passion for fishing, and kind of how that that birthed this uh, this company. Sure. Um, I'm born and raised in the Houston area in Texas, and my dad took me bass fishing in little farm ponds growing up. And every once in a while, we go to the salt. Um, he liked to wade fish the surf for speckled trout, and then we would fish redfish every once in a while. But um, and then I'd fish on, you know, bass fish on golf course ponds. Um, if we stayed out of the way of golfers, they wouldn't kick us off. And so uh, <laughs> that was a way to fish at home. But I was a, I was a city kid, and so I fished, you know, weekends and then here and there, and uh, and just, I mean, always loved it. Um, and then the bugs part, uh, I moved to Colorado right after college uh, and worked in a fly shop, and uh, there I learned how to fly fish and tie flies and i really got to enjoy catching fish on flies that i tied myself there was just an extra satisfaction there and uh so i did that up there and then moved back home and continued to do that but um so i was telling you earlier i'm a better fisherman with bait casts and spinning gear and so um as i grew older and you know had less time to fish when i when i when I got the time to go, I want to fish the best way, you know, the most efficient way with artificials. Mm-hmm. And so that was a bait cast and spinning gear, but I wanted to tie stuff. And so I, I started experimenting, you know, a couple years after I got back from Colorado, um, with weight, you know, weighted stuff that I could fish with my regular rods and reels. And that was a hobby for a while. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, are you artsy outside of, the, the tying, or is this kind of where you found your niche of create creativeness? <laughs> so, I, lo- I mean, I like to draw. Yeah. Um, and so I was a little bit, but um, this kind of com- like this this creative outlet combined with uh, my love for fishing, it kind of this is what I stuck with. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It flourished. Yeah. It was meant to be. Meant to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Well, uh, yeah, I, I've, the first time I fished your jigs, I was telling you this pre-show, but uh, I was with a guy we've had on the, on one of the podcasts, Hanson, we were talking tarpon early on, mm-hmm. um, in the podcast and I was down there with my brother, brother fly fishes, but not, it doesn't fly fish a ton. And we were, uh, we had a nice day in Biscayne Bay and we were, uh, doing a lot of bone fishing. And so we were fishing with some of your jigs that you had tied and tipping them with shrimp. And the, I mean, I think we caught, it was the best day of bone fishing I've ever had. And we That's caught, awesome. we caught two or three big, big fish. We didn't see many big fish, but we caught like almost 20 bone fish in a oh, day. We, oh. we got on a couple schools of like one pound fish, pound and a half fish, two pound mm-hmm. fish. Yeah. And, and they weren't spooking. And I mean, they were eating that jig so well. And the hookup <laughs> ratio was incredible. I've, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at not hooking bone fish. Like 
They eat yeah. and then they spit it. They've eaten the shrimp and spit everything out and swam off. And I'm like, Where, <laughs> what happened? But, um, but yeah, that it was, it was, uh, it was incredible. And I f- started following you on Instagram after that. And, uh, as in, I've inspired me, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start trying tying some stuff like this on some jig heads. I haven't done it, but I don't need to. I just think I'm just going to order some stuff from, from you. <laughs> you're way better of a tire than I am. <laughs> well, you're welcome to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I don't fly fish unless I have to, but I love that type of fishing. I love sight casting. And, uh, you know, if you have people on your boat and you're sight casting, these work really well. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me how, like, what do you think is so important? Like not what, what's important, but what is, what, what is the edge that you get by using a, you know, a hand tied lure as opposed to a soft plastic? Like what are some of the benefits from that? Sure. Um, the first, and I'm going to show you the, a, a jig head and tell me uh, if you can kind of see that. Yep, I yeah. got you. You're right in mm-hmm. the center. It's perfect. So if you see that, I mean, see the shape of that head, um, one of the benefits, it's always going to land hook point up. Okay. And so if you're sight casting to redfish um, or bonefish, you know, they cruise shallow water and they're looking for stuff off the bottom to eat. And so if you can cast something out there and it will land hook point up and it'll just sit there, then it's it's natural. Um, and you can, you can lead the fish, let it sink to the bottom. And so that's, that's number one. It's, it's going to land, it's going to land hook point up every time. That's, that's redfish jig head. Um, and then, you know, flies are tied like two benefits to tie, like the tying stuff. One, you're thinking about what the fish are eating. And so, you know, if you, like, if you see a bunch of shrimp, um, you're going to, you know, you're going to put on something that looks like a shrimp. You're trying to match the hatch. And so you're going to cast something that you know, it looks like what fish are eating and then the materials that you tie it with will make it look alive in the water. And I tie everything with rabbit. Um, <laughs> it's durable. It comes in lots of different colors. Um, and it just looks alive. And even when, you know, even when it's just sitting there on the bottom, it's going to look alive. And so, um, you know, the combination of landing softly and landing hook point up, um, Throwing something, uh, casting something that looks like what they're eating, and then that looks alive. Yeah. And so I think that that is the edge of, of you know, throwing these throwing jigs that are tied, you know, tied like this. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say like one thing, the two things that stood out there that I think about a lot with flies as well is the landing soft. It's incredible, even a heavier fly when you when you pack these these natural materials around the weight it lands so much softer and so much simpler. Yeah. But then you've got that paired with the fact that you don't have this fly line either. So like your yesterday Cameron and I were fishing and we were on a school of redfish in shallow water and they were happy, they were flashing doing their thing and you'd throw a beautiful cast in there and that fly line would land perfectly on the water how it's supposed to but it was still too much for those fish and they'd mm-hmm. spook. So like yep. fishing fish and you threw a a, so, a soft plastic on a light light jig head in there and that was too heavy. But I was thinking, like, if you had a hand tie, like a jig with some bunny or any any type of material that would dampen the la- the landing yeah, of no for sure of that jig head. Yeah, the other thing too that I love about fly fishing, and maybe your jigs do this depending on the weight, but like, or if you have enough material on it. But it can, around here in the winter, sometimes redfish will get over like really really gunky bottoms where there's like a bunch of seaweed and stuff. Yeah, and being able to work a fly like through mid water column yeah. and like, you know, two feet of water, the suspending can aspect. really help. Yeah. And when, you know, unless you have even weedless ones, I feel like you can get really light weedless hooks, but 
you know, having that fly sink really slow and being able to work it off the bottom, I feel like always you can almost catch more fish on fly when they're eating I, it. I agree with you, but I'm a firm believer too that that's not grass. It's like the only way to really stay away from it is to throw a topwater. And then still sometimes you have <laughs> so that crap on your freaking hook. Yeah. Especially this time of year when it starts to warm up and the, the grass like piles up and floats to the surface. But, oh, yeah. Um, well, let's go over a few of uh, the – I know you've got a bunch of different different styles, and there's one, the trout thumper. I really like that one. I, I wanted to talk about that. But go through a few of, uh, of your different – or let's go through all your different styles of, uh, of lure. Sure. Well, since you mentioned it, this is, this is the trout thumper. Um, it's, uh, it's tied on a jig hook and the weight there's, there's, uh, what's called a, I, I developed it. It's called a belly weight. It's kind of a half, half oval shaped and I uh-huh. tie it to the bottom of the hook shank. So it's right, it's under that flash. Okay. And so it's a, you know, four inch bait fish imitation and everything we fish for you know, eats four inch bait fish. And yep. so that's, that's a trout thumper. It's got a, you know, a little paddle tail on the back that's secured with a, there's a screw lock right there. Uh-huh. And so, um, you can change, you can change it out. The fish tear it up the, the front part. So rabbit, sometimes people look at my jigs and they say, Oh, look at those feathers. And in their mind, they're thinking this probably isn't very durable. Like rabbit is you're actually, it's the hide of a rabbit that is dyed in a color and then cut in strips. And so, you know, it's, uh, you have the leather part of the, the mm-hmm. rabbit. And so it's super tough. And so almost everything that I sell that has a little soft plastic tail, that tail is going to wear out before, before the jig will, because the jig's super tough, but this mm-hmm. trout thumper, it's got double weed guards. It's got, you know, eyes, it's kind of a realistic profile. And then there's a little bit of accent flash there on the throat. It's yeah, called flora awesome. fiber. It's called flora fiber. And, uh, you know, like I said, everything eats, a four inch bait fish. And so that's a, uh, it's really, really effective for just about anything. Yeah, definitely. Is that a bait that when you're fishing, are you usually swimming at mid water column or do you, are you bouncing it off the bottom or a little bit of both? So I'm, I usually fish it for trout. And so okay. I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it sink and just find out, you know, where they are on the water column. And then, you know, you know, t- you know, let them tell me what they want that day basically. Yeah, for and sure. so you can, you can do it on a straight retrieve or you can let it sink. Um, it doesn't, so it falls pretty slowly um, because the weight is in the middle. It doesn't do a big heavy nosedive. Um, and so, you know, you just got to, you know, it, just in your head, you know, you know that like figure out the sink rate so you can get it down. Definitely. So it, it, it sinks pretty like uh, kind of like horizontally. Not, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like that. That's awesome. That's at, awesome. At a little angle. Yeah. You can, that, that, that'd be a great, that would be a great one, honestly, to fish this time of year. It sounds like with, the, oh, with yeah. all the grass we have here, just to I be know. able to keep it up and you still get the paddle tail action off the back of it. Yeah. Do you usually always fish a paddle tail on those or will you change it up to like a curly tail or anything like that? So it looks, so you get a little bit more thump with the paddle tail, but you can change that out to a three inch grub uh-huh. and then you, you'll get more action on the fall. Gotcha. If you want to fish it slower, cause you know, if you don't have much current, like we have places here in Texas, um, Baffin Bay is one of the first places I tested this, and they like to fish really light jig heads, like 30 seconds or 16th, and uh, and they're just fishing them slow. And so if you want to fish something slow like that, you'll get a little bit more action if you do, if you put a grub on it. Gotcha. What is the uh, what's the biggest trout you've heard of being caught on that bait there? You know. Um, I personally caught one right over 27 inches on it. That's awesome. And and so I was, 
stoked you know, <laughs> to, to catch to catch that. Um, and honestly, I've this is um, I'm known more for redfish, uh-huh. and so people trout fish with my stuff. But as far as like really, you know, really, you know, big trophies, I haven't heard of anything bigger than that. Probably because they're trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, and that, and that's another. <laughs> that's it doesn't another look thing. like a corky down there, so it's something different for them. To eat. <laughs> right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, we we love our corkies. That's for sure. We just did an episode on on corkies alone because they're so popular down there, and you, I see so many huge trout pictures on Instagram with corkies hanging out of their mouth. And there's some guys that fish them here, but they're not very popular. I think that uh, we're trying to trying to break the myth of, of we're going to have a lot of different lures to try out next. I know. I know. <laughs> we, we really yeah. are. We really are. Well, let's move on to uh, to the next lure you got for us. Okay, so that's a trout thumper. Um, that jig head that I showed you, the redfish jig head. Yep. There's mm-hmm. three. There's three lures that we tie on that. Um, this is this is my best selling overall. Hold jig. it up just it's a called, little bit higher. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Right there. So that's called a curl tail jig. Uh, it's got a a double tail grub oh, nice. on the back. It's got a single rattle on the bottom and it's on that same jig head so it'll land hook point up every time this is a it's a redfish finder um you can blind cast or sight cast with it but um you know it's just super effective for redfish flounder love it also uh people bass fish with it um you know a lot of you know it i think um in the fly like when i worked that fly shop there were some lures that we called attractor patterns Uh uh-huh because they imitated a lot of different things that fish eat. And so that's what I think, you know, that's what I think this, the curl tail jig is. Um, so that's my best, best seller, um, redfish flounder and, you know, anything will eat it, but I'll, I fish it in shallow water. Um, if I'm fishing over grass, um, you know, s- swim it with some, with some twitches along the way. So you can engage that rattle mm-hmm. and just keep it above the grass. But if you're fishing a sandy or muddy bottom, you can let it sink to the bottom you know, bumping along the bottom or just like, just like others, you know, just sitting on the bottom, there'll be some action and it'll, it'll look alive because of, mm-hmm. you know, because of the rabbit. We just had a guy comment here on the live feed that say that looks like redfish candy. And I've got to agree. It, it looks like it pushes <laughs> a lot of water too. Those, the rabbit on the side, is that, is that kind of fixed out where it's going to. So it'll like, when it sits on the bottom, you'll get, it'll, those will kind of, it'll kind of flare out cause there's God, two awesome. on the side and mm-hmm. then. The top piece of rabbit, it will slip off the hook point if so you can change and there's a screw lock there. Uh-huh. So you can change out the tail if if the fish tear it up. Oh, that's awesome. That's really And cool. so some people change it out, like if you like to fish gulp, some people change it out for gulp. Um uh-huh. and then just put it back on. That looks so it's gotta so move a bunch awesome. of water too. And I love that double tail. That's that's really I've never fished a, a double tailed bait for redfish you, at all. Someone um Someone last year started fishing with those double tail. Uh, someone uh, did somewhere. Yeah, someone. <laughs> I don't, can't mention his name. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But he absolutely crushed the redfish on those things. Did he? Really? I mean, are are they a bass lure? Were they originally a bass lure? Is that who makes tail? that bait? The the grub. The grub. So it's a it's a company in uh, Alabama called Action Plastics, and it's their uh-huh. stock. You know, it's. I think it's about two and a half inches long. It's just a stocked uh, double tail grub. Stock okay. double tail grub. Um, we yeah. had someone here on the comment section say, "What is the weight of that redfish bait that you just said?" 
So uh, there's three weights, eighth, quarter, and three-eighths of an ounce. Okay. Awesome. And the and the hook um, – in this one, the hook changes with each weight. So the, the eighth ounce, it's a two-aught hook. The quarter, it's a three-aught. And the three-eighths is a four-aught. And it's a must-add jig hook. Must-add jig hook. Okay, okay sweet. Yeah. Um, so when you – if people want to order these from you – do you kind of have stock colors already set up or can people get up with you and like say, Hey, I want these colors or how does that work? So it's stock colors and okay. I should, um, so I, this is how our production works. I design everything uh-huh. and, um, test it. And then I actually own a factory in Nicaragua. Wow. What? And, and so that's where the jigs are tied. And so I, I, I design them, I gather materials here and I send them down to Nicaragua and there's a group of ladies, um, that tie everything. And then I go down there once or twice a year to inventory materials and then, uh, teach them how to tie new stuff. Wow. And so some stuff, so I'm going to show you something in a minute that I tied cause it's a prototype and it's just coming into production, but everything I'm holding up, um, is tied in the factory in Nicaragua. Sweet. That's really cool. Creating an incredible fishing lures and uh, giving jobs to people in a country that need jobs, which is, I mean, that, <laughs> For that's, sure. that's so awesome. That's, man. Really, that's cool. really, really cool. Um, well, cool. And so like moving on. So that's a curl tail on yeah. that same jig head. There's what's called a double bunny. If y'all can see that. That's what yeah. we were fishing for bonefish with the shrimp tipped into it. I believe. For, with Hans. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. You already have the that, um, so this is just a piece of rabbit on top and a piece of rabbit on the bottom. Oh, that's a prototype. It's, <laughs> I missed that part. <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good shrimp profile. And the first, these are the first two jigs I ever started selling the curl tail and the double bunny. Um, and people fish the double bunny for every, anything that eats a shrimp. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a, that's a lot. That's um, pretty yeah, much okay. every inshore fish. So the other one, um, the last one on that jig head is called a beastie bug, and it is a it's a crab imitation, and it is made to sit on the bottom and and look alive. Yeah. And so, um, what happened? I had had a bunch of people early on, um, had a bunch of people early on, fishing the curl tails without the tail, um, just just plain like that, and. So I wanted to figure out. So what? Do, what do fish think this is? And my guess was that it was. They thought it was a, a little blue crab because that's the color that they were yeah. using. So I tied, you know, I tied something with claws and with some rubber legs. Um, and there's just a ton of movement. Like I said, even, even when that the bug is just sitting there, sitting on the bottom. Yeah. That's, and so those, that's awesome. those are three um, jigs that are on that what I call the redfish jig head. What are so, you using for the? Uh, sorry to interrupt you. What are you using for the the weed guard? It's um, on that 50 pound mason. 50 pound mason. On, on, awesome. on those three. Cool. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that would, uh, I, I was looking at that crab and I was thinking, because we get these flood tides here uh, in North Carolina where we're fishing like <laughs> extremely dense Spartina grass, Spartina grass, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Um, and that I, 50 pound is like what I've realized that you really need to go to. And that, I, I got to get some of those for my spin yeah, clients because. Um, the way that bunny would move and cause you throw a soft plastic in the grass and there's just, it gets so jammed up and doesn't have any movement, but that thing you'd still get some great movement in the mm-hmm. grass. I feel like, mm-hmm. so well, cool. yeah, that was going to be my next question. That, th- that thing would be really fun to throw in the grass. <laughs> yeah, it like would. It really <laughs> so the, um, it originally, so this is the first jig he- head I made for the redfish. And, uh, what I did, I, I took a bonefish jig head and I beefed it up and made it bigger to work better with redfish and then, but I had people 
taking them on bonefish trips. And so I decided to design a bonefish jig head. And so this is probably what you're fishing with Hansen. Um, okay. So that is a bonefish jig head. And if you put it up against the redfish, you can see that the bonefish jig head is – it's a smaller hook and a smaller profile. Yep. And then there's some hidden lead right here. It serves two purposes. You get um, – you can see that yeah hold it up so, just a, ta a touch higher yeah that's perfect right there and so you can see that um you have a collar there and you can tie materials to it but also kind of hide some of the lead and you get you get weight and it's covered up by materials and so it's just a com more compact profile jig head right on and it, did you develop all these jig heads too yes that's awesome so those are sweet so, yeah thank you um and so that's probably like i said that's probably what you're fishing with hansen because he um, and that's a better profile for bonefish. Yeah, this, so this is one of the, the jigs that, um, I designed for that head. It's called a hothead bug and it's a shrimp imitation, um, with eyes and a little accent, accent rabbit there. Um, and it's my, like, this is called the new penny color and this is my best selling bonefish jig. Um, uh, best selling color is like a tan, but this is an example of what's called a hothead bug. That that looks awesome. And that, what what are the materials in that one? So it's rabbit, it's crystal flash chenille, it's rubber legs, and then there are feelers right here that are uh, uh, UV crystal flash. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there's what's called easy shrimp eyes. It is a like it's a single post that the two eyes come off of, and it's a really simple, better way to tie eyes onto shrimp or crab flies. Right on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that looks like I mean, it, awesome for bonefish, but I could not a redfish would eat the mess out of that as well. Well, and that's that's a cool thing, you know. I designed it for bonefish, but the hook is plenty strong, and redfish eat small stuff like that. And so all the all the bonefish jigs, you know, people use for redfish as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I don't have like I said, I don't have all of. Uh, there's five different jigs that I I uh, designed for that bonefish head. I don't have them all here, but um, I send a bunch of people on trips, and I want them to have kind of a wide selection so they can make sure that they can get those fish to eat wherever, uh, where they're going. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. What what uh what are the colors? The one you just showed us. What other colors do you uh do you tie that in? Um, there's a what's called a natural, which is a tan, and then there's a uh white. It's called white stripe. It has a barred white, olive barred white is the back, and then there's what's called a PBT, and that's a pale pink. And then there's what's called a gotcha, and that's got a uh, hot pink head and then kind of a tan, uh, tan body. Right on. So there's five colors. So what are the other? You were saying there's some others that you don't have. What what are what's kind of the description of those? Sure. So I have what's called a loco bug, and what I did, I, t I looked at a crazy Charlie fly, yep. and so I designed kind of a subtle shrimp imitation. So hothead loco. There's called a a bitty bug. Uh, after the bonefish bitters, it's a really small crab imitation. Yep. Um, there's a, a slider bug. After the bonefish slider, it's a little baitfish imitation. And then there's what's called a puff bug. Um, and I just basically tied the smallest, smallest profile jig I could because I had a buddy go to Belize, and you know a lot of small fish, and he showed me the fly that he was using, and it was just a tiny, you know, tiny thing. And so. Yep. It's the puff bug is kind of the smallest I can make, um, smallest profile if you're fishing for really small, uh, small fish or if, or if the bonefish are eating small bait. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And then lastly, there's a there's a permit jig um, that I tie on that same jig head that um, has the same eyes has the same eyes as uh, the hothead, but it has claws and it imitates a small crab. Like kind of the most realistic uh, crab imitation I could come up with to try to fool a permit. Right on. Have have you, has there been much success on the permit with it? Yeah, that's awesome. So. Um, uh, Belize, uh, a guy caught one. Um, some of the Bahamas, um, one in, like a really big one in Florida, um, and then a guy, you know, a guy caught a permit on a, a double bunny. Um, anyway, I always get I, I remember the permit because I always get excited because they're not you know they're not easy to catch. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you can fool them, then you're doing something. That, that just is such yeah. testament to. One to your patterns, but two to, to using those natural materials. Yeah, you know, and the movement that you get from a natural like there's there's really no way to imitate it with plastic or anything like that. Mm-mm. So, well, do you have any other any other baits that that you wanted to go over? So two more. Um, so I became aware of the Avalon fly um, because it fooled a bunch of permit, and I read the story about it, and turns out so he, the guy was in Cuba, and they figured out that permit were eating a shrimp. Um, and so he tied a, he tied a lure that, uh, it had like kind of bunny on the sides. And then it had this piece of mono on the bottom with stainless steel beads as a shrimp imitation. So I said, I'm going to design a shrimp pattern with those, those same stainless steel beads. This is called a click bait shrimp and it's, it's tied on a jig hook. And so different than the stuff that's tied on those, uh, the bonefish jig heads. This is not meant to like land on the bottom. It's you're, it's meant to swim, but it's super weedless, um, and it's it clicks. You know those the stainless steel beads click when you twitch it, yeah. and so w- when you have fish chasing shrimp up in the grass, um, redfish, bonefish, um, that's called a clickbait shrimp. I like that. I like the name too. That Thanks. I've got a funny story about that. That Avalon is it? It's called Avalon, right? Yeah, the Aval- fly. Yep. Av- so I was in Louisiana one year and I had this client and he was talking about this fly that he had. It was the Avalon fly and he caught a bunch of bonefish on it. He loved the fly. He caught a bunch of bonefish on it in the Bahamas and he showed it. He's like, I want to fish this. And I, I was, it was so small. It was tiny. The hook was little. And yep. I like to fish a big profile there. Not a huge fly, but just something that's going to move some water because the, the water's dirty the fish, you know, they need to feel it mm-hmm. as much as they need to see it. And that, that the size of the Avalon fly he had, I just wasn't confident in it. And so I was like, man, let's just fish one of my flies. You know, they're going to push something. And he was like so dead set on fishing that Avalon fly. And I was like, whatever, you fish your fly. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, he ties the fly on. I'm like, if we don't, if you throw it to three fish and you don't get an eat, um, we're going to change it to one of my flies. And he's like, all right, three, fi- I get three shots. And so we're pulling it down this bank. And the first fish we see, he throws a terrible cast at it, like seven, eight, maybe even 10 feet away from it, but out in front of it a little bit. And the flies sink in, you know, the fish, we kind of lose the fish and he's stripping it back in. And he's like, Oh, Oh, I got one. <laughs> and, and that fish had swam 10 feet over there and eaten that fly and just took off with it. It was like a 32 pound fish. And oh, good like, grief. And I was like, 
God, I'm going to eat my words. And he did not let me live it down the rest of the day. He was like, sure. I told, and, he, and we fished it the rest of the day. And he, we caught some more fish on it too. But <laughs> it was a little bit, I, it was kind of like a punch to my pride. Did he have multiple of those? Oh, yeah. Spots? He had a lot of those. <laughs> he had a whole box full. <laughs> he had a whole box of them. I use these for everything. Yeah. They're, they're great flies. I mean, they look great in the water. They swim really well. The only reason I didn't want to throw it is because it was little and the hook was really mm-hmm. little on it. Mm-hmm. But. It worked. And we did bend one of them out on a fish later that day. And then I was like, I told you, because <laughs> it was such a small hook. But, but it was just a good, funny, funny joke all day. But, yeah, those flies look awesome. That, that bait looks great. What, do, you, do you tie those in different weights? So there's, a, there's an 8-ounce weight right there. And there's a, I have a 16-ounce version too. Okay. And so the 8-ounce is easier to cast. And so that, that outsells the 16th like 4 or 5 to 1. Yeah. Well, and so a little ultralight for the other one, a little ultralight rod. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the last one is called a, a hydra bug. And this is um, my main new bait for this year. Um, this is the second generation of a bait that I had a couple years ago. And so it's a big bait fish profile. And um, there are double rattles on the bottom. And that same accent flash at the throat. Um, and so... I want to design something that uh, would could fish. You could fish in deeper water, and would be a bigger profile, and hopefully fool some bigger fish. And so, and then I figured out how to basically how to tie a rabbit skirt, um, and you know, put some flash. There's something called uh, Aquavail chenille. It's kind of a longer chenille flash that's a palmer here, okay. but but it just gives you know it gives the bait some. Some big shoulders and a and a bigger profile. Um, this is the um, quarter ounce, and there's also a a three eighths ounce head, and then a half ounce. And so it's kind of the heaviest the heaviest bait I have. Mm-hmm. And if you're fishing a little bit deeper water, um, you know, I think it's you know it's uh I think it's going to fool some really big fish. And there's oh, yeah. a there's a soft plastic company in Texas called Down South Lures, and this is a, a new bait that they have. It's called a burner shed, and it's about three and a half inches long, and it just fits really well on this bait. And I'm friends with a guy at Down South, and he let me design a couple custom colors because um, there's 10 colors that uh, this bait's going to come in, and uh, it's going to be a different, a different tail, different matching tail for every bait. Right on. So when you buy one of those baits of yours that comes with a soft plastic, do you, does it come with one soft plastic or do you get do, does it come with like a pack of the down soft lures? So it comes with one. Everything uh-huh. comes rigged and ready to fish, and then I sell replacement tails on my site. Awesome. Gotcha. Awesome, awesome. And so I'll I'll be selling the down south lures, uh, the replacement tails. Cool. Um, what are the uh, the other colors that that bait comes in? You said they're gonna be ten. Yeah. So so there's five what I call coastal colors. Uh, good for darker water. This is, you know, called color X. There's one that's a dark olive. There's one that's uh, hot pink. There's one that's uh, purple, um, and then yellow chartreuse. And then there are what I call the clear water colors. Um, one imitates a like a greenback bait fish. One imitates a mullet. One's all white. One has a little like blue, like I call it blue glimmer, kind of a you know, a light gray back with some blue in it. Yeah. And then, um, there's one that is kind of a bone color, like kind of imitates a croaker or some, you know, kind of light tan bait fish. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have, so have, like, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Has anyone ever caught in a tarpon on one of your uh, lures? So on the uh, on the curl tail jig, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have so I'm going to Nicaragua in um, mid April, and so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to teach him how to tie a tarpon jig. Actually, I caught a tarpon uh, in Florida last summer on like the fir- like the prototype of mm-hmm. I have a specific tarpon bug um, that I'm coming out with uh, by the summer. Right on. And then actually, and actually, like, so, um, hot like tarpon is an, like permit. It's another one of those like it sticks in my brain when people catch them because I get mm-hmm. so excited for them. Yeah. So, uh, a hothead bug. Um. So on se- like several on different bonefish jigs, um, you know, people just see them in in skinny water and throw them. Um, mm-hmm. but uh. And then a, a big one on a curl tail, and then you know the tarpon bugs that I'm coming out with. There, the components are going to be strong enough to handle just about anything, um, but the heaviest weight is going to be three eighths, and so it's kind of the, you know, I'd say up to, you know, 50, 60, 70 pound fish, like mm-hmm. anything up up to that. Mm-hmm. Right on. But I was trying to think, have I ever tied materials like just onto a jig head? And I think the only time I've ever done that is for cobia jigs. Cobia jigs, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that, that seems to be pretty popular. Have you ever um, thought about tying some of those and selling them? And so the the hydro, so the hydro bug, that concept is something that I'm going to end up taking uh, into heavier weights, like three-quarter, one-ounce, you mm-hmm. know, and even heavier. Um, I'm kind of just starting out on the inshore stuff. Um, gotcha. But but you can tell me, Cameron. So when you see cobia, like, a, would you throw a half ounce jig with a, a four aught, you know, four aught jig hood hook at a cobia? What are the ones that we ordered last year? It, it depends on the hook. It depends on the gauge of that hook because that 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 can do it for sure. But, yep. But the gate. Well, it depends on the gauge of the hook and the rod. Honestly, I wish I could remember the ones that we got last year because the weight was good, but the hooks were almost. They're too stout. Too stout. It's a mustad. Yeah. It's one of those cast. Those cast mustad. No, no. You said you said the hooks were too stout for the cobia. They're, well, they're if you fish the they're not too stout, but they're really thick, and so if you're not fishing a very stout rod, it's super hard to bury the hook into the fish's face. So you'd hook them for a second. Yep. Um, and, and we, we were fishing, you know, some, some heavy duty rods, but light tips. And so you'd, you'd swing and I'd set the hook four or five times, came and set the hook four or five times. Yeah. And that fish would you yeah. know, come up on the surface, shaking its head and it would come off. So it's like finding that fine line of strong enough hook, but right. still thin enough that you can bury it. Cause I mean, you, a stiff rod's nice, but then when you're making those long casts and, and being accurate with a long cast sure. weight, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's like this, this balance. And a lot of it has to do with the rod. Like if you fish one of those really light tip rods that we that I like to throw with a thinner gauged hook, one, it'll bury the hook. Right. And two, it'll it'll have enough give that maybe you won't bend that hook out. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. Yeah, that that's kind of my thought. I actually filmed a video today on cobia jigs and was talking about that. That's why I jumped into that so quickly <laughs> and, and was able to share. I wish I could remember what weight uh, those jigs were because. I think I said the weight was nice, but I almost think that the weight was maybe a little too heavy now thinking back because yeah. it's so heavy in the front that I feel like it just, it like bends down 
it it just doesn't sit in the fish's mouth that well. I feel like yeah, you know what I mean. I agree with like you. Like it was it was almost too heavy to where it was kind of pushing the the hook the wrong way. For sure, I think what's popular is an ounce and two ounce weight um, weighted cobia jigs mm-hmm. is what you see most of those, and even up to three ounce. But I mean, it really depends on how fast you want to work the bait. Yeah, because it's also kind of a double edged sword because you, when they're far away you want to kind of be able to like work it close to the surface. Cause they're obviously you're seeing them, they're swimming on the surface and you want to right. jig it and kind of keep it close to them. But man, if they follow it, follow it, follow it. And you, and they get close to the boat. If you just open your bail and drop it, it like sure. they just eat the crap out of it when you do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a loaded question that you ask because it's, there's so many different, yeah. just like any bait. It's like, all right, what weight do you want to throw for redfish? You know, and then it's like, well, it depends on all these scenarios. But I think an ounce and a two ounce weight, and then, I mean, it depends on the hook too. Like I was looking at, there's this company. Have you heard of C and B, custom lures or custom jigs? <laughs> they, they just tie. It's it's like these custom order cobia jigs that you can do. Um, okay. And they're they're overpriced in my opinion. They're super overpriced, but the the hook those, they use those mustad hooks and I think they were saying four four aught to nine aught hooks I, I get so off on some of the hook sizes like does that sound right so four aught is kind of a media like a standard inshore inshore fishing type okay. hook like this is if, like this is a four aught yep yep that's a four that's a four aught yeah, four and it so, must have been like like a six through a nine aught hook would be a cobia size jig right? sure okay and and this so in this you know so this is a uh be a third no it's a 60 degree or 45 no 60 degree anyway it's a mustad makes two they make kind of a standard wire probably up to maybe six aught in that hook uh-huh. and then they make a heavier wire and they go probably up to you know eight or you know eight to ten aught gotcha. you know that you could do a you know a swim you know swimming type head um and that, but that's like, that's something that's the, kind of the first thing I have to start with when I'm designing a, a jig, um, is, you know, the hook, is it, you know, big enough and strong enough and, you know, what's the profile going to be when I add enough weight. And so it's not easy, but that's kind of the fun and try and try and figure that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So how long, when you, when you sit down or, or for, here's a better question first, do you, how many projects at a time, like do you have going like these new baits and lures you're trying to design and come out with and how does one, you know, break through and, and enter the market? Like, what does it have to, sure. There's like, there's about 50 things going on in my head <laughs> at any one time. Um, so, you know, it's a, so it's fun for me to design jigs. And so it kind of has to be something that's fun. Right. And then, uh, you know, I've been doing it long enough to where I hear from customers often about, you know, I'm going like, for example, like the Hydrobug um, in half ounce. I, I just tied some up. So th- these have, you know, this has that down south lures trailer. I tied some up. You can see on my Instagram feed that has a, it's articulated and it has a rabbit, it has a rabbit tail, just a straight rabbit tail. And uh-huh. I just sent some with a guy to Columbia on a peacock bass uh-huh, trip. Sweet. And he caught some good fish on that jig, and so um, so that's definitely going to happen because I, you know, I get psyched and it's it's a lot of fun to do that. And right. so, um, you know, and 
the so I love I love the creative design process, but I have to I have to be wise about what I do because um, you know it's it's a lot of money. You know, like this that Hydrobug, you can imagine in in ten colors and three sizes, and you don't you're not going to make like you know fifty of each of those because you don't want to you know you want to make enough to where people can buy them and take them places and kind of test them. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of time and effort and money um, to come out with something new, right. but I love, I mean, I love it. And so, you know, but so it's got to be fun. It's got to, you know, kind of make sense with my business a little bit, but like sometimes the fun, the fun wins out as far as that goes. Yeah, that's good. I think my fun should win out more than that, <laughs> you know, I, for sure. <laughs> um, what was the other question I was going to ask about, um, I was thinking when you were, you got any questions? I had a great question. I lost it. Um, yeah, so like when when um when you're tying these up, um, are, are you trying to design ones that are like previous ones that you've designed, or do you just try and go for something like completely new? Uh, that's just you know outside the box. Maybe this thing will work great. Or what's your thought process there? You know, sometimes I have a fish in mind. So tarpon, you know. Tarpon was kind of a new process because I wanted something – I didn't design it on a jig head because I wanted something to fall like – that I could keep pretty close to the surface. Mm-hmm. But they're they're really strong. They have really uh, – they're, you know, they're tough to get a good hook set on. And so um, you know, I had, a, I had a component made uh, that had an open oh, – actually, here we go. So if you can see this, like mm-hmm. let me – so I had a bunch of these components made, and you could see that shepherd's hook on the end. Uh-huh. And so that's what I used to tie a, a tarpon bug. And so I, I bought tarpon fly hooks, and I dressed them, and I put them, you know, hooked them onto the back, and then I put a weight here in the middle, and I tied, you know, tied stuff around them. And so, um, you know, and so some. I'm trying. To, why was I? T- so what was the qu- what was the question? <laughs> Wait, I was answering about that. Um, I, I was I was just curious when you're tying new flies or yes. new jigs. Are, are you going outside the box? Or are you trying to base it off so, of something that you've done before? And so it's kind of a combination, you know. So it's, sometimes it depends on the fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, tarpon. You know, like I said, it got me thinking about that because you have to be pretty specific and pretty detailed about how you want to try and design something for a fish that's you know, up near the surface, really strong, you know, hard to hook, you know, yeah. and so, but then there's something, um, one of my customers in Florida, the, the same guy that took the, uh, took the, the, the jig to Columbia and caught peacock bass. Mm-hmm. He sent me a, an old jig called a Popeye jig and it's got a, a diamond shaped lead head and it was tied. It was, it was made on a kind of a long hook and it has the very similar action to a spoon, but it wob- like it wobbles back and forth on a straight retrieve. And so apparently it's, it was a jig that was probably decades old and it was kind of one of his last two that he had. And he said, I, I've caught tarpon, I've caught peacock bass, I've caught largemouth, I've caught basically everything that I could catch on this jig, but they don't make it anymore. Would you help me, you know, would you help me make it? And so that was kind of an out of the box you know, I, I had no, I didn't know about the jig, um, mm-hmm. but when he sent me one of his last ones and I put it in a pool and like I said, on a straight retrieve, 
it goes it goes like that, very similar to a spoon. And so in my head, I immediately said, okay, if a fish will eat a spoon, it will eat this. It yeah. will eat this lure because the action is very similar. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what I did, this is kind of in process right now. I don't I don't have the prototypes ready yet, but I designed a similar component, similar component to this with with a little hook on the hook on the back. Okay. And so that diamond shaped head is gonna be up front and I'm gonna I'm gonna dress a hook and put it, you know, stick it right there. And so my hope is that as it wobbles, mm-hmm. you know, that swinging hook, you'll get some extra action from the tail, and I'm hoping that it's it works as well, or maybe even better than a spoon. Oh, and man. so that that's kind of a different idea that that I, was just brought to me by a customer, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm kind of excited about it because if it works like a spoon, then then a you know then a lot of fish will eat it. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Have you ever um, tied one up? And you're like, oh my god, this thing is hideous, but I'm gonna give it a try. <laughs> and uh, and then you go out, and it's like an amazing lure. No, no, because because <laughs> so, you don't tie I'm, ugly flies, probably like me. <laughs> well, oftentimes I'll have an idea, and you know, you know, two thirds or three quarters of the way through the first one, it's it's turned out really ugly, but I already know how I'm gonna fix it the next uh-huh. time. Yeah, and so. Usually, you know, the next time or the time after that, it's, you know, it's pretty enough for me to, for me to fish it. I, I know, I know that ugly, I know that ugly stuff works or really simple. No, it doesn't. Really bas- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be expensive and beautiful. <laughs> so I know that works, but I, I like the design. I like the tying process and I mm-hmm. like to make something, I like to make them pretty. And so if yeah. something is turned out ugly, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw it away and the next one's going to be pretty. Yeah, then I'll then I'll fish it. So when you're out on the water in Texas, do you throw other lures, other baits, or are you mostly fishing your stuff? Always fish my Always stuff. Always fishing your stuff. That's awesome. I uh... two like two reasons. I want to so, but I love like if we were fishing together, I'd want you to throw. I wouldn't want you to throw my stuff. I'd want you to throw soft plastics stuff that you're used to throwing because I'll I'll figure out how my stuff stacks up against yours. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And make you know, and then I'll you know, I'll learn something. You know, I like yeah. I like fishing different. But as far as my own stuff, I'm gonna like I get the most satisfaction. You know, when you catch something, on. I get the most satisfaction for sure. fishing, fishing my own stuff, and so and you learn so much from it too, for sure. Yeah. So have you thought of any type of topwater lure, or have you worked on any prototypes or anything like that? Or is that can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I tie some. I tie some dress treble hooks and dress singles to uh-huh. put on on a top water. Um, but as far as so, I've thought about how I would do it, but it's a the mold like the mold process is is pretty intricate and expensive, mm-hmm. and you have to make a ton of them. So basically, I would in my head I would take a top water and I would kind of think about how I would tie materials to it, and I would design it to accept. Except my materials. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a that's an expensive. Yeah. But but that's an expensive process. But to say, like we talked about corkies earlier, uh, I would so I'm less likely to do top water because it's got to be able to slide through the water. And so, um, but I would love to design something that would suspend, like yeah. like similar to a corky, and design. You know, there would be 
the materials that I use would create some drag, but it wouldn't like that wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't mess up the action. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. but that's like I said, that'd be pretty expensive and not ready to do that yet. And like we were saying, like you were saying earlier too, where those materials really shine and come alive is in the water. You know, like and exactly. on the surface they would be, but but down in the water where they can all move and that mm-hmm. bunny can slide around, like that's where it's going to be important. Yeah. Um, my other question, I asked if you fish other stuff, but oh gosh, I keep forgetting my questions. <laughs> Literally, um, Cameron, you're gonna have to cover me again. Um, is it the tip I, of my tongue? Yeah, I've been wanting to ask you this one. Um, so at what point when you were tying these, were you like, okay, I'm going to make this a business? That's a good question. So I was, so in 2008, 2009, I was working for banks and I was doing what's called a draw inspection. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to like, let's say you're going to build an office building and it's going to be a million dollars and you get a loan from a bank. Well, the, the bank doesn't give you a check for a million dollars. They're going to pay you along the way as you complete, you know, if you like when you complete the foundation, if the foundation is 100,000, the bank would send me to the job site. I'd say, yes, the foundation is complete. It's OK to release 100,000 you know, of the million dollars. And so that was my job in the uh, you know, 2008, 2009 mm-hmm. when commercial construction just died. And so. I was out of a job and I didn't know, like, you know, I was working with banks, with general contractors, with real estate developers, but nobody was doing anything. And so as, but it was kind of a slow process that my job, you know, died. And so I was kind of sitting around and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I started researching the fish and lure idea and I found, so I went into a local tackle shop and there's what's called a, a wiggle jig. It's a little bonefish jig. Um, that has some calf tail tied mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on it. And, uh, and so one of the guys that was working in there, a buddy of mine named Andy, I said, Hey Andy, you know, do people use these for redfish? And he said, yes. And then, um, and then I said, well, how do you think it would look with rabbit tied on it? And he said, I think it would look great. And so that's, you know, the fact that my job was, was dying. I had extra time on my hands. Um, that kind of set me, set the, set everything in motion. And so mm-hmm. uh, the first thing I said about doing is finding a, like designing a jig head, like a, a you know, a tougher, beefier, heavier jig head than a bonefish jig mm-hmm. um, that I was going to, you know, come up with some uh, redfish jigs. And so that kind of started that process. And uh, so um, March of 2010, so it's kind of a, it was a process to get that, you know, get the business going. And in March of 2010, I sold my first, uh, bugs at the Houston fishing show. And so we're coming up on, uh, 10 years here next month. That's incredible. Um, we just had a question come in while you were saying that just a total, a a lure question, but what adhesive do you use? Is there, is one specific adhesive you use when tying? Yeah. Uh, hard as whole head cement, hard as whole head cement. Okay. Is that the one that's got like a little, it's got the logo. It's got like a little bug on it or something like that. Hard as whole. It's so it's a little blue bottle and probably smells like nail polish. It has a little brush applicator. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Hard as hell. I like the play on words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, we're running up on an hour. It's crazy how quickly an hour goes by. Um, I definitely want to, well, one, remind people, share this broadcast because whoever shares this broadcast, we're going to pick and uh, Heath's going to send out some of his custom tied stuff to y'all. 
Um, but also I want to make sure that people know where they can find you one, not find you like if they want to come find you, but where they can get up with you online <laughs> where they can sure. order, order stuff. So why don't you tell everybody that? Sure. The website is bugsfishing.com and bugs is with two G's. Um, same thing with Instagram, same thing with Facebook, okay. um, bugs fishing, bugs fishing. And my, my email is Heath H E A T H at bugsfishing.com. Perfect. Cool. Awesome. Well, I remember the question. It's such a s- simple little question that I just forgot. But it was if you could only have one of your lures for the rest of your life to fish, and it was all you could fish. What would it be? <laughs> Remind the me black, the name of that one, that one again. The black gold. This the black gold curl tail jig. Black gold curl tail jig. And so I've caught redfish. I've caught flounder. I've caught speckled trout. My my day job. I didn't get to tell you about that. I sell cowboy boots to Western stores in Texas. That's a Texas mm-hmm. job right there. That's right. <laughs> they uh, And so the boots are made in India. And a couple years ago, my company paid me to go over there and tour the factories. And so in, and the factories are in northern India. And in northern India, you're, you're getting to the uh, foothills of the Himalayas. And so you have, you know, kind of some foothills leading up into mountains. And there are there are rivers up there that have these fish called a masir. It's spelled M-A-H-S-E-E-R, masir. Uh And so it's supposedly one of the hardest fighting freshwater fish in the world. And the, um, so I went and fished for them. And so I went in February and that's not, it's not a great time to fish for them. You want to fish for them. The, the rainy season is in the summer, and you want to fish for them either right before or right after the rainy season. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't the, the the best time to fish for them, but I was going to be up there, and so I had to you know I had to go. And so I caught two mossier on black gold curl tail jig. And so I've caught fish around here and then halfway across the world. That's incredible. Mm, that's awesome. Masir, I feel like I've I've, I've seen yep. – I'm sure I've seen pictures of them, but I feel like I'm imagining the fish you're talking about, but I have to look it up when we hop off here. It's, no, you got you got to. And it's cool. So the northern India – like if I, if I blindfolded you and put you in that river and took off your blindfold, you'd never guess where you were. It's, really? it's, a, it's a beautiful, crystal clear – like that time of year, the water is crystal clear. You know, you have hills. You have, you know, all this vegetation. It's It's beautiful. And that's where, like, did you? I'm sure you read the the Jungle Book story growing oh, yeah. up. <laughs> I so love this, it. so that that's the Jungle Book forest. Really? And so they they have tigers, they have elephants, they have bears, they have pythons. Like, and so it's it was really cool. That's super cool. Wow. That's awesome. I know. I wish I was just made of money so I could travel and fish. All those incredible places, like, oh, yeah. or if I could somehow be like, all right, this is how I'm going to make my living, and I could actually make a living doing that. But if anybody on here listening figures out how I can make a living traveling and fishing all these different places <laughs> around the world, please let me know. I'll take you with me. Um, there you go. We had two more questions come in, and then we're going to close things up. Um, but do you think that your bugs are more effective, or or not more effective? But I, I kind of understand this question. I'll just read what she said. Do you think your bugs sure. are more effective in colder water where you fish slow and let them sit still? So I ca- like you can catch fish year round on bugs, but yeah. they're really great um, in colder water because there's more action to them. You know, if fish are moving slower, you need to work a lure more slowly. There's more action than other lures uh, in cold water. And yeah. so 
Yeah. Awesome. And then the next one was, what's the best jig color for redfish in clear water? If you were going to be in really, really clean water for redfish, what would you want to throw? So blue crab, so the blue crab curl tail jig, blue crab is my best selling color. Okay. And so, um, but again, back to this black, the black gold one, I've caught, I've caught fish in clear water and murky water. And so those, I would say those two colors, clear water, blue crab or black gold. Although there's enough color. So if you're fishing in a really light sandy bottom, yeah. um, I, I'd throw lighter ones. And so there I have a tank, you know, and so there's some, there's some lighter colors, but I mean, you know, like the, the lures you've caught the most fish on in your whole life, you're, you know, you have confidence in them and, you know, blue crab and black gold are, are those two for me. Right. I think I think you hit a good point so there. They're my be- they're my best sellers. They're your best sellers. I think you hit a good point there, where like really color you catch maybe it's you catch a good fish on it or you have a really good day on one color, mm-hmm. and I think color is important. But more than more times than not, it's like your confidence gets built up in it, so you throw it a lot. So then all of a sudden it becomes the best color. You know, mm-hmm. where they probably would have eaten, maybe not. Sure. I mean, there's definitely times where they're picky for sure. But but like you're saying, I think a lot of right. it comes down to confidence and what you, what you're throwing uh, the most. But I'm definitely going to be be ordering some jigs for sure. I'm excited to. Oh, yeah. No, to I fish think them. we I think we have a lot of good applications for those things in yeah. North Carolina. I'm excited because this time of year our redfish get so finicky. They just get so pressured. They stay in like small areas, really schooled up. And so getting them to eat is tough. And I really think that this is the ticket for my spin clients and for mm-hmm. people that are spin fishing. Um, getting those trickier fish to eat is having something that has much more natural movement like this. So yep. Bugs Fishing, you guys, go check out the website. Go check out Instagram. Um, give them a follow and, and uh, buy some stuff. And let's, let us know and let him know how it works in, in your fishery. Uh, but thank you so much, Heath, for coming on. Super fun. Um, you bet. have you on and i love these shows like it's fun to talk to fishing guides and stuff but i like really geek out about gear and tackle <laughs> and lures sure. and like <laughs> yeah. i feel like it's a great way for us to learn as as uh fishermen as well as like growing in our community of, of fishermen yeah. so well cool heath well we're gonna we're gonna end this show guys remember you still got a few seconds to share this broadcast and uh i will get the information to you heath because i'm gonna have to i can't see the shares until we end the live session and so I'll, I'll, good. I'll, I'll pick a winner and then I'll, I'll get up with you. But guys, thanks so much. This was episode 34 of Eastern Current. Um, just a little bit past my age. Just a little bit past <laughs> Cam Pappas's age. Old man Cam. Well, we'll see you <laughs> next week. We've got, I think we got Richard Andrews on. So we've had him on before talking about bull redfish um, up in the Pamlico Sound, popping cork fishing, topwater fishing for bull redfish. But he he lives in like just the mecca for good fisheries in North Carolina. He lives he's fishing the Lower Roanoke, um, and he'll follow the striper migration all the way up the Lower Roanoke to Weldon. But we're gonna talk about uh, fishing striper in the Lower Roanoke, so it's gonna be a really good episode. Pretty localized. I mean, it's a local episode. It's not gonna pertain to people outside of the state that much. But um, I'm really excited to pick his brain. He's having. I mean. That dude, from here on out until the end of the striper run, he could have a hundred fish day every day. I mean, he's not going to, but the potential is there to catch a hundred striper a day from here wow. on until the end of May. Wow. So tune in for that episode. Thanks again, Heath, for coming on, and we will see y'all in the next episode. Later. <laughs> I'm going to finish it now.